0: fellow songwriters, and welcome to the 29th episode of the How Songs Are Made podcast, where we talk to notable artists about their songwriting process. I'm your host, Trey Xavier, and today I'm going to be talking to Andy and Maki from Lacuna Coil about how they write songs. Today's episode is sponsored, as always, by the amazing DistroKid, the best way to get your music on the internet, and their awesome hyperfollow feature. I have had to use this feature not had to gotten to use this feature very recently for my band's release it's your one-stop shop link it's completely free uh for anyone using DistroKid. you upload your music you get this hyper follow link and you can use it for example to collect pre-saves for spotify and then as soon as the release actually goes live, it turns into a spot where you can listen to this release on all the different streaming platforms and download platforms that exist. iTunes, Deezer, The Works. So, if you want to check out what that looks like, you can take a look in the description and you can see my band's release were called In Virtue and the song is called Scream and you can see what that looks like and uh, you can also get 7% off your first year of DistroKid with a special link in the description as well. So huge thanks to DistroKid for sponsoring today's episode. And now their new album Comalize XX is out for the 20th anniversary celebration of their breakthrough album Comalize. Please give a warm welcome to Lacuna Coil.
1: Yeah. Hello. Hey. So <laughs> hello, nice. hello.
0: What's hello. up guys? We got Andy and Maki, <laughs> vocals and guitar respectively and of course um since the bass original coma lies you've you switched instruments right you were originally bass i start
2: playing with i start play guitar then i passed the bass but that's very early in the very beginning and then i still play bass i had to play guitar in few albums huh? it's easy it's wow. easy i can do everything <laughs>
0: <laughs> well um that's awesome so uh Thank you guys for taking the time to be on today. It's a big, big celebration. I mean, 20 years <laughs> since oh, yeah. it came out, and you guys completely reworked, re recorded, and changed all kinds of stuff. And it's the same songs, but not the same. So, there's really on this podcast only one question, then all the other questions are follow up questions to that. And in this, it's a very special case because the question is, what is your songwriting process like and how has it changed or how was it different for the, usually I say for the new album or the new recording. Right. In this case, mm-hmm. it's the same but but different. So what I actually want to talk about is the songwriting process for the original and then how it's changed in the in the space between these two albums. So if you could talk about that a little bit. I'd love to hear sure.
2: all about it. Right
0: there, here, Andre. I'll do a little introduction, then Marco can explain in, in details.
1: We can say that obviously 20 years ago was a new, complete new album. So the songwriting would have started from zero, you know, from the very beginning. We had no songs and nothing. So normally uh, the way we work is Marco come up with most of the music, like some demos of the music. And then me and Christina, the other singer, uh, we start to lay down some very rough ideas and then we meet together and, uh, in, a, in Marco's studio, home studio, and we work together uh, choosing which vocal lines are best. Sometimes even Marco comes up with vocal lines. But obviously back then in 2002, we, we had also a slightly different lineup than what we have now. So we were doing some stuff at home and then meeting also in the practice room, working some stuff together in the practice room, something that we don't do as much nowadays, you know. Uh, because we mostly work at home and then we just go rehearsing the parts once we have already more or less some some rough structure of the songs. While for this album, maybe it's been a bit different because we already had the music to start from, but obviously we, we didn't want to do just a, a remaster of the album for 20 years anniversary. We wanted to do something a bit more interesting for us and the fans. So uh, we had to go back to the original album, and try to figure out the parts the melodies especially because uh back then it was recorded in, in analog on on a tape and so we didn't have the the separate files for the for the music for the arrangements for the, what, what the guitar was doing and so marco had to go back and dig and listen very carefully and imagine what it was like so this time was more of a a deconstruct and rebuild process compared to right from zero like in 2002.
2: It's like make a cover of your songs basically. <laughs> so it was kind of weird, hard but fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was honestly a, a little surprised to hear how different the new versions are. I, I, yeah. I, I mean I guess it makes sense because like You're saying, what's the point of doing exactly the same? You might as well just go listen to the other one, yeah. but um, exactly. I, I think I was expecting just like smaller variations, but if they're pretty different,
2: but that's the point. I mean, the old song, the original song, they're still there and they will be there forever, you know. Yeah. So, we change everything now, it's a good thing. I mean, uh, that was like uh, a decision we took together because in the first, uh, at the first time, the first, uh, <laughs> idea was just remaster the album and then uh, we just say we're gonna feel the difference between the, the remastered album or, an, or the original one. Just musician, basically, or producer, you know. Most of the fans, they like music, uh, the fans that they, they, they like music, they don't really get that or they don't really feel it.
1: You know, Valdemar, Zorica, we which produced the first uh, four four albums, Chetil, yes. Karma Code. It taught us a lot because obviously we were completely unexperienced when we went in the studio the first time we didn't. we never been in the studio, we never played with a click, we never. So obviously it, it teaches it told us a lot about the very beginning, how you stay in the studio, what's important to do in the studio, how you how much you have to be ready to go and record, especially because back then we recorded analog, and so there wasn't so much technology like there is today to help you make things a little easier. And so we learned a lot from him working the the old way, you know, the the classic way of recording albums. And then we changed to um, Don Gilmore and uh, Shallow Life and uh, Dark Adrenaline. And Don uh, was a much different producer than than. Uh, obviously, we also started to use more technology in the studio. And Don was very different than Valdemar because he produced a lot of more. Uh, mainstream bands like uh, Linkin Park uh, and, and many, many big, big bands, and so it, it it gave us a complete different experience. I think, especially to me and Christina, in terms of uh, how you write the lyrics, because Valdemar was German, so he was sp- speaking a very good English, but obviously he's not a, a mother tongue uh, songwriter, lyrics lyricist. Mm-hmm. And, and while Don was a very good mother tongue lyricist, and he, so it helped us a lot developing our english in when we write for the for the songs and then uh, jay i think it was also more of a, a music producer not so much of a of a songwriter in terms of lyrics and stuff like that so maybe you work with more with mark on certain things but but i think don and valdemar are the two that would where we learn most of our songwriting uh, or oh, becoming yeah they did a lot for us and teaching us uh, how to work on different aspects of the music
0: i mean that's a really good insight into the whole concept of working with producers because there's a point at which if all you've ever been is a musician and a songwriter and you haven't gone into the studio and and done all of those things like working even just recording to a click if you've never done it before it yeah. you need somebody to coach yeah. you a little bit and all of that stuff but over the course of 20 years, you guys have made all of these albums with these producers that you've been talking about. And at a certain point, especially if you're doing the vast majority of the songwriting yourselves, even with just a little bit of input here and there, it kind of becomes almost um, more work to have a producer. You you just don't need them. So um, it's it's cool seeing bands go through that and and hitting a point where they're like, no, we know what we are now we know what this needs to be we don't need a, a an extra person calling yeah. shots yeah. um so th- that's the way it's been you you were saying for the last two three albums including
2: two three three with komal isaq okay
0: awesome let's talk about what happens once you've hit this point so you're saying you you've got the tracks when you when you get okay. the chicken. You know, once it's <laughs> once the chicken has been sacrificed.
2: Yes. Um,
0: <laughs> once you've got, you know, you've got you've written the track, the singers have written their parts. Do you guys get together and jam it or do you you No, we do that after after it's completely after.
2: I lo- the what happened actually, okay. Let's make make music first. Then I give it to Andrea Cristina. And then they find vocal lines. Then they come back to me here, all together. We work on the vocal lines. We change. Uh, maybe I just take a one vocal part they sing, and then I rebuild the songs completely. Mm-hmm. You know, I always change stuff. I never stop in uh, one thing. As far as I don't love it, you know, most mm-hmm. of the time it happens that maybe uh, they, they they put they make a song. Uh, they, they find the vocal line. I feel that the vocal line is way better what i expect or maybe i get i had some ideas so just listen in the vocal lines so i change all the music so when all this process is done we give it to the other guy to listen and then we go to the practice room and we practice together we see if it works if it's rolling good you know because when you do live stuff is rolling different than the computer that's a classic then you can find the bpm properly and blah 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 you know the but first uh, is uh, back and forth from between me and the scene, and Andrea Cristina
0: okay. Um, okay so it is it does it change much at all after that like between that sort of ever finalization like you're saying and then actually going to the studio to record it is there anything that maybe if you have an example of something that you were mm-hmm. you had it thought you had it then you guys were like in the studio or whatever and you're like that's not i oh, mean
2: i have an example the example is uh layers of time in uh, black anima that song sounds very good to me and uh, we change uh is nothing probably for some people but for me it's important we change uh, the BPM of that song. Uh, we made that song v- way more fest- faster in the, the on, on studio, because it sounds better, you know. And for example, to me, it was very hard to play with the bass, uh, the intro of that part, you know. And now it's a pain in the ass. Play that part live to me. <laughs> yeah. why I, I simplified. I simplified that part live, you know, because now I guess uh, doing this with the bass, uh, it's very hard to me. Because basically, we get now is like uh, 14 BPM faster than the original version. And 14 BPM, it's a lot. You know? <laughs> and and uh, this is, but but actually, the song is sound way better. So why not? Let's do it, you know? I and think people, yeah. can, Or maybe sometimes we can change the structure of the song uh, even at the last moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe Diego comes out with a better solo guitar solo and uh, or a note He uh, does a mistake uh, recording the solo and say wow this song this note sounds great let's do it you know we always open to do that uh, if yeah. uh, something better comes out always yes it happens even with vocal lines you know in studio they're recording they does something here oh shit oh I love it just keep this one let's go no but that's part of the job it's always like that mm-hmm. you know.
0: People underestimate yes. the importance of, of the BPM of a track by a lot, I think. I don't think people really understand how very important it is to, oh, the, to the feeling of it. Oh,
2: they are, man. It's a mess. That's why I love – in Logic, uh, there is uh, one function. is called VARISPEED. The uh, then actually now you can just uh, click that button to the different BPM. And you can feel the difference. Even even it sounds weird, you know, it doesn't because it doesn't process it very well. It's just a kind of fast processor, just to see how it sounds like faster or slower, you know. But actually, that helps a lot already. But still, it's not the same as playing live that song. For example, as far as we change it in studio, where we were recording the drums of that uh, of that song, layers of time. For me, it was a surprise when first uh, I first record the bass, on so that to say, "Okay, fuck, now it's too fast." But whatever, it sounds awesome, you know. <laughs> easy, but whatever, you know.
0: You didn't have enough time to to really get the get the fingers nah, in shape for I don't play it. Yeah, that, anymore You since didn't ages. have enough time I to broke, get the pick. on <laughs> I broke
2: down my hands with Andrea. We had a crash in the car. I broke both my hands. Holy crap! Uh, I, Yes, yeah, a, a long a time beach. ago. Can we call it beach? We have to call it girl. <laughs> I mean, basically, she was a bitch. Not because of work because she was a beach. She didn't stop, and stop, and she just oh, came into Andrea's car, crashed here, Holy shit. and I broke the shoulder. I broke both my hands. Oh my god! So now, dude, the, the triplet is not easy. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but sometimes it's also uh, the you think you have a lot of time but then when you ride and ride and then time goes faster you know and and you think oh still we still have time to the for the studio we still have time and then the studio comes and you don't have time anymore (laughs) so sometimes you have to do some stuff in the studio because you didn't have time because we always say if you don't have a deadline then you always try to Kind of postpone it because yeah, hey, oh, I can do better. We can do one extra song, yeah. and then the studio time comes. You know, it's always like that. And then you have to rush because you're, the studio is coming. So <laughs> sometimes it's a good pressure because sometimes you because you have to do it to make it in time. You mm-hmm. you find the right inspiration for some reason, you know. But uh, sometimes it's hard. And uh, even if we are a band that kind of can decide when we want to go in the studio, but still, you know, it's never enough time. You know, you always think you have time and any it's it's never enough
2: <laughs> that's another thing the pressure pressure make you do better stuff i just realized that in studio uh
0: i always say that you'll do something in the amount of time that you have to do it so like yeah. you have you know <laughs> you have let's say six months to prepare the thing and mm-hmm. then you're going into the booth to record vocals and you realize you'd need an extra line like something just isn't working and you've only got five minutes to do it even though you had six months to do it before now you got five minutes you're You're gonna do it in five (laughs) minutes you're gonna get it together
1: Yeah,
0: but it's very difficult to like artificially put that kind of a a time restriction on yourself if it doesn't exist for any other reason other than you know whatever but
1: yeah and Another thing is that very often when you record a demo and you kind of jam on the song, you sometimes you have a performance that is just perfect because that day you have a perfect breath, relaxed, happy, you know, and you do. You, we go at Marcos, we meet and we sing something, we improvise something, and it comes out perfect. And then you try to reproduce that in the studio, and it never comes the same, you know, because. you you don't feel the same as you were feeling that one day where you recorded, you know, so you can go close to that obviously, but it's never, sometimes the take you've done in the demo, you'll never be able to do again, you know, in the studio because it's just the way that one day you were feeling, you know, was just perfect. And, The voice was perfect you are now in the studio you have to do it you have a you have time but you know if you don't do it one day okay i'll do it i'll try another day but then you can't keep postponing you have to do it sooner or late and and sometimes you're really never able to reproduce that special take you had in in the in the demos
2: that's why we will do this that now home from the next song
1: yeah yeah we're thinking about recording the vocals at home
2: as we did with the guitar solos different way we try in studio with Diego two days nothing in one day in half day on my home we did all the solos see when you feel relaxed is uh, i mean uh, be relaxed uh, and be in the ni- in the nice place where you make you feel good is more important uh, than anything else you know because the body yeah, in. uh, the instrument uh, in the in the in that case with Diego, the body and the guitar. So or with Andrea Christina, the body and their vocals and the voice, you know, need to be relaxed, good, brain, everything, you know. So and then you get to do stuff better. That's uh, that's that that's the way. That's the way.
1: Yeah, sometimes the performance is more important than than how accurate you've been, you know, maybe in the studio you can be more precise because you listen better. You hear better, and then obviously there's uh, somebody that check every word, everything. But then sometimes it's per, it's very good, but it's not what it was needed for the song. You know, sometimes the rough part that comes out with a natural mistake is better than the super perfect part that you can
0: do in the studio. The you know? emotion, so, the
2: emotion you transmit when yeah. you sing or you play—that's more important, way more important to <sighs> me.
0: So music on in that sort of vein the the feeling of the music like you're talking about the um yeah the the sort of i i kind of hate the word vibe but it it works pretty well in this case so the the sort of vibe your band has a very particular one like all of the songs have this feeling there's like there's a hypnotic quality there's this very dark feeling you've been labeled as goth which fits pretty well but there but it's also got its a very particular flavor when you're creating the the music how much um are you considering the feeling that you're going to be giving the audience that you're going to be invoking in them is there something do you think about that are you trying to really give them a very particular experience or what
2: absolutely yes 100 that's the main thing to me the vibe uh, i know you hate it but yeah but this is what you want to transmit. Tr- me i think
0: it's that. because people in la use it in a really douchey way but uh, okay, so but, it, but it's it's, it's okay, still a yeah, good yeah, word it's not uh, it's not the, it's not the vibe's fault
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. but it makes sense you know yeah but that that actually that's the focus for me for me you know, but musically is very very important I want I want the people feel that I want the people feel exactly what they feel when I play that song and the music you know, and uh, actually it kind of work because uh watching the people write to me on Instagram and uh, apparently it works so great success <laughs> so yeah, and also you get sometimes it, you get it it means that they are right they, i they get yeah they get so
1: they get what we wanna say, yeah. Excellent. but but sometimes it's also for us more natural to express something that has that little darker vibe, you know, compared to something more uh, positive or or happy, let's say, music-wise, you know, we we don't come up usually with some very major kind of melodies, you know, it's more the the, the it's, we're more like to give that more darker vibe to the music because it's probably the way uh, growing up we the way we've been in love with the music is, is to that darker side of music although we consider we you can consider dark or goth even a band like Korn for example which is not yes. maybe in the cliche of the gothic music but I think they have some melodies, some arrangements, some. Vibe. They can be also gothic, you know. Even they are not strictly coming. You know, when you say gothic, you think about Bauhaus or Sister of Mercy or The Cure, even you know. But sometimes it's more broad. I think it's more wide the spectrum of what can be considered goth. You know, it's not strictly always has to be sad, but it has to so. be always. You have to feel it here. You know, it has to be intense.
0: I think. What are some things that have sort of inspired you to create to want to create this feeling and this kind of particular kind of a vibe in your music? Is there anything that wasn't just hearing music like that that really made you want to make it sound like that? We don't know exactly. <laughs> I mean, but... <laughs> actually, we were
2: skaters. Uh, me and him, uh, we we were skaters. Uh, we started skateboarding when we were thirteen. I was thirteen. He was fifteen. We were listening punk and hard rock music and hardcore music, uh, not just, uh, I mean, every type, type of music, but mainly it was hardcore. So it was not very emotional, you know, it was more about mosh <laughs> But at the same time, I don't know from my parents, my father actually was listening a lot of Pink Floyd. He was listening a lot of, uh, let's say, dark emotional music, you know, in a way. And uh, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. Then, by I self, we, uh,
1: maybe later I, we also got a lot into bands like Typo Negative and Paradise Lost, Paradise uh, Lost uh, and then those right. maybe drive us a little bit to, to growing up. You know, they drive us more in that kind of atmosphere, I think.
2: Direction, yes. Yeah. But oh, I don't know. Actually, but he is dark, he is goth, but positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I never had any fans come to me and say, oh, I try to kill myself listening to your music. No, they always be the opposite. They always say, you saved me with your music. And that's great. That's what I like. And that's to me what is dark and goth. is not just uh, sad and bad. To me, dark is positive. I mean, uh, you see the light and the dark. I mean, it's kind of cliche, but it's the truth. <laughs> <don't> know, see, <laughs> yeah, see, I think I think we're
1: we're using with our music we are using this negative part of life that everybody experienced or late for different yeah. reasons and we use it in the music and then it comes out as more there's a hope in the end of the tunnel let's say in the end of the light you know so we we use it as a in the end all these negative feelings generate something positive for us you know so it's a way to to push it out of ourselves more than than holding it inside.
0: Absolutely. That sort of contrast, too, of light and dark things. I mean, I can see you guys in your like into your offices or wherever you're sitting there. You know, it's not like you've got the walls painted black and, you know,
2: <laughs> like. <It's silly. laughs> You see, you see you know, I can, I can how know, I pop, am with like, Lego. Yeah, exactly. The Lego, Star Wars, and a painting and miniatures. Yeah, it's Seriously. not like
0: you're, you're not you're not making sad music because you're sad or dark, yeah, a lot, whatever. A lot like, of
2: people ask me as well, that why you're so happy you make that music? So what? What's the problem? I need to be sad to write that music? No. You contain I multitudes. Be, I need to be comfortable and... Uh, in the right place and in uh, the right mood to write music but that doesn't mean that i'm always sad uh, or i need to be angry whatever to write music no absolutely not emotion yeah, can we. is a different thing you know
1: yeah we, we we put it in the music but it doesn't mean we need to be angry 24 hours a day you know exactly. obviously there's a moment where you can be angry but we try to divert everything inside the music and just That's
0: push amor.
1: it out you know right.
0: <laughs> yeah so you said that Basically, not a lot has changed in the way that you go about writing. Um, but are there any things that you've done previously, maybe as early as Comalize uh, or the or the first ones that you absolutely were like, "We're never doing that again"? <laughs> Something that you. Tried and d- maybe didn't work. Took a risk or or whatever, or just a way about of working that just didn't work. Well, maybe maybe when,
1: but in the very very beginning, we were too many people were songwriting. Everybody was trying to put a little bit of their own idea, and that. In the end, it doesn't work. You know, it's too many. When too many people try to push their ideas into the song, you, you'll never find the the right structure for the song. You know, it makes more sense if you have more than one songwriter. and then one guy can write one song and the other guy can write another song. But don't combine two different... Try to sneak two completely different ideas in the same song. You know, two visions of mm-hmm. the song, how the song yeah. should, should should go. Otherwise... Is, you're never gonna find a solution you know that's something that we do in the beginning because we didn't have experience obviously then right. the more you work then you understand that it's better if somebody is better at doing something let them do it you know instead of trying to force your idea into it you know it's much better to have one person that can do it do most of the job and then you can help him on some stuff but don't not try to to be 50 at any cost you know it's the same right. with the vocal lines or the lyrics you know if somebody has the the main drive for the lyrics or for the vocal lines let them do it and then you can help shaping it up and making it better and finalizing it but don't force yourself on other if you see somebody's doing well on his own don't try to to be there at any cost you know Mm -hmm. sometimes it's better to 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 let some people that is better at doing something just do it and then find your place to to help and to make it better in the end you know.
0: Yeah. In that same sort of vein, is there anything that you haven't gotten to do yet that you would like to be able to do for whatever reason, like that you haven't been able to do? Maybe it's cost prohibitive. Maybe it's um, just haven't had access or time to do the thing, something you'd like to do on a future I'll, album.
2: I would like to make a soundtrack for, an album, for a movie or...
0: Yeah, I mean... From the, your no, description done, of how you how you are going about getting these ideas, using uh yes. you know so much visual, I think
2: right that be movies great. or video games. So you know now all the video games they have the soundtracks like movies or even better. So, but yeah, I mean, that, I always like to do that. Uh, I would like to do that, yes, definitely. In the music, I mean, in the music, that's that's it. I'm not really other stuff.
0: Yeah, nothing with the with the with the writing for the band you you've got yes, you feel like I mean, you're doing I like it to, how you... i like
2: to do that that's my favorite part i mean uh even go on stage and play on stage is fun but it's not really what i like about my job my job i really like to write music that's the, to, to give to i really like to have people feedback uh, feedback from people says uh listening to your music make you make my life better or something like that that's uh my best uh yeah i don't know how to say that means, satisfaction no. satisfaction right i always yeah. felt
0: like performing is awesome like you said it's not a creative endeavor really it's not like writing so no very different know, in that it's subject.
1: different i mean sometimes you can be more creative on some shows with the productions like you can try to do like we when we do a special show we try to put also visual inputs or people that do something different like uh we did the fire breeders or or um people that was doing acrobatic stuff and, uh, and so we, you can do something like that and make the show unique you know and, and different than any else anybody else but it's usually always a budget limit you know to that because obviously when you, you can do it well, maybe in one single show but to do it on a full tour, it's expensive and you have to carry people around. So you need another tour bus or another, you know, more structure that, that costs cost a lot for, for being taken around unless you have a, a big production. So uh, definitely the most creative is when you songwrite, you know, is the most creative part. But we try also to do something, some stuff for the live shows, like the stage clothes, like the, the, um, the, the choreography, you know, as much mm-hmm. as possible the visual as much as possible. But sometimes there's limits due to the budgets to that, obviously.
0: Yes. I'd be curious to know a bit about the lyrics that you're writing and the, the sort of topics that you tend to cover. And more than anything else, how sort of on the nose you're trying to be with the messages that you're putting into your, into your lyrics. Like, are you generally writing more about writing things more nebulously and sort of vague? Or are you really trying to say something really specific and whether or not you feel like people get it?
1: You know, the way we approach it is more um, a real life kind of lyrics. Let's say that we, normally we take its most inspiration when something happened in our life for real, like we don't like to make up a story from scratch or talk about a topic that we don't really know well, you know, it's like if I want to talk about the young kids that they cut themselves, but I'm not a young kid. I don't, I never cut myself. So I, I would never go touch something I don't know at all, you know? So sometimes we start from a real life experience and then we make, we can make it a bit more bigger when we, when we write and make it even become something more than our little personal experience something that everybody because in the end everybody always comes up with different interpretation of the lyrics than to compare to what we you originally wanted to say you know so Mm -hmm. it's good i think to leave it a little bit open not not meaningless obviously it has to be a meaning it has to be a starting point that like a phrase that comes from your, your experience that gives you that flow you know because it's very hard to write for us at least to write lyrics if we start from nothing like sitting in front of the computer uh, I'm going to write lyrics now. Okay, I get a nice title, so I try to make up a story from the title. It's very hard for us. Most of the time, we need to have lived what we're talking about, at least some of it, and then it can become something bigger, something a little different, but it has to start from a, something oh, that we have experienced. Otherwise, you never. you always get stuck with the topic and try to make it sound nice, trying to find the rhyme, but it's not. It's not real, you know, and nothing gives you inspiration like a real experience. You know, when you have experienced something by yourself, it's the best inspiration and you have a lot of things to say. When you try to write something out of nowhere, it doesn't work for us. We're not good at inventing stories or or stuff like that.
0: Do you have any um, particular way that you go about Structuring your lyrics um, from, like, example, for example, like verses and choruses as you're going. Is there a anything that you've done for more than one song that you would say is a is a constant?
1: uh No. Sometimes we try to avoid uh, and uh, to repeat things. Sometimes you find you wrote exactly the same thing yeah. twice. You know. Yeah. And and that's I say, no, I already wrote this this phrase for the even if it was in a slightly different context but it was still the same phrase you know so if we realize we are doing the same we try to change it obviously we don't want to repeat this and also the topic we try to don't repeat exactly the same topic if it's possible but but sometimes it's also good to find the words you know when you you improvise the vocal line you create some phrases that sometimes have more or less sense you know but sometimes you find out they give you a meaning you know then you realize the meaning after you've been working those those words you know and you put them together and then you find the meaning of what you want to express so sometimes it's also good to leave the phrase, the good phrases you have you know you just improvise you have three four good phrases you keep them and then you try to connect them with sense obviously and try to give them a all meaning but sometimes the words are already there so it's a shame when you have some perfect words that sounds perfect in the in the melody And then you have to change them because of the meaning you know so sometimes i think you have to leave those words there because those are are somewhere in the air you grab them and you put them there you know so they were already meant to be on the song so sometimes it's better it's a hard work to to make them collide with the other words and make sense it's a lot of work sometimes but i think it, it pays off you know when you have the the perfect words that sounds great. You don't have to change them. You know, you, you, you better work around them and, and connect them somehow to the meaning, but don't change them. I mean, because it's, if you, they were sounding so good, so perfectly, nothing else would sound the same way, you know? And, and I, I was actually, saw, I saw an interview with uh, Rick Rubin the other day and he, he was saying the same, you know, he was saying how Anthony from the Chili Peppers works on, on uh, writing lyrics and he say, I recognize totally. He does exactly the same things we do when, when we write lyrics. You know, obviously from different topics and different styles. But the way he works is very similar to the way we work. You know, he was talking about three different songwriters he worked with. You know, there was like Jay Z, which is like a, a computer that has memorized all the words. He doesn't write down anything, and then he works one way. And then Eminem that keeps writing and and keep every day to don't lose the the ability to write you know so even if he doesn't need it for something he will never use it for But he writes every day and then there was the the chili peppers Anthony and he works really close to what we do like he has uh, he finds some words just by improvising or he has something written already and then use it in the singing on the demos without too much sense right away but then finalizing it and finding the perfect meaning at the end you know So it's, it's, there's different ways for everybody to work these things. But sometimes you find it's great to see that somebody else just use the same. It's a lot of work for sure, but, but, but it's one of the best way I think to work.
0: So you kind of improvise gibberish almost, or just kind of, once you've got the track from, or or sometimes
1: I have a paper, like a note paper with a lot of phrases that I like that I collect from books or from something I read on the internet, some articles from uh, some titles. sometimes even from Facebook. You know, I read the status of somebody and I like the phrase he used on the status. So I keep it and I take I take it out of content and I, I keep it for myself. And then I put it in the in the words when I demo the, the vocal lines, you know. And then you have already something that has some kind of sense. But, and then you put it in the direction of the, the, of the topic that we already discussed together with Marco and Cristina before... Sometimes me and Christina, we come up with exactly the same or very close phrase for a song. And even if we didn't talk to each other, we just work separately. And then we we have such a... Uh, we used to work so much together that sometimes we come up with exactly the same phrase for or a very similar phrase.
0: <laughs> At least that lets you know you're on the right path, for sure. Can you maybe... for
2: so many years.
0: Man. Yeah. You guys got a little psychic connection um yes maybe could you give us an example of a song something recent maybe and how it how uh, a, a little bit of insight into what that process actually looks like when you were writing the uh the vocal lines and the lyrics something that was inspired by I mean, something real something. particular that that leaps out at you uh, uh,
1: for example the album the, the not the last one the one before uh, delirium mm-hmm. um, you know, we some, some of us in the in the band were going through some family members having mental illness problem due to their old age and uh, and so we, we've been very close to some personal issues with people forgetting who they are going through deteriorate their mind and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that obviously influenced the way because we never experienced something like we never saw how it is to to lose contact with reality, how, how it works, how much time it takes, and how much you don't recognize your dear people anymore, stuff like that. So from that we we got a lot of inspiration and we decided to to use it for the album talking about all different kind of mental illnesses. Then, starting from the ones we have experienced directly through our family members, to the more vast different kind of uh, mental illnesses that sometimes our fans would wrote us about, uh, sometimes other people, you know. So, always trying, to, and we 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 collect all these different uh, elements and ideas. And every song in the album, more or less, talked about a different uh, mental illness, more or less. You know, obviously, it was written in a way that you can also use it in your personal relationship with someone else, you know, it wasn't so specific scientifically talking about that couldn't be mistaken. It was more generic because we tried to open it and, and give it to the people in a way that they can use it for their personal life every day. But that record connects with a lot of people because we found out there's way more people that we expect that experience these mental illnesses, the stigma of it. And then we went to visit some real life, um, Uh, mental illnesses hospitals from the past some abandoned place to get some we took some old pictures of of this place some books that were telling the stories of these places and to just to get more into the into the old concept but we decided to talk about this because in real life we went through this experience you know and then we never talked about it in our record so we decided to start from there and and expand it to the old album and then we did also the way we were dressed in the and the photos were with uh, straight jackets, and the photos they looked like. We we looked at the real photos from from these crazy people. The posture they had, the the way they were laying on the bed, and we tried to reproduce that on our own pictures and our own uh, backdrop. All the choreography on stage was st- starting from there, you know. So we tried to take something personal. Obviously, you play with it a little bit, you know, because you can't experience all of the mental illnesses but you can get information you can talk to people that has went through this and then you have a more wide uh you you have to to deep into it you know do you have to to uh dig and 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 find out you know
0: that's really cool you you went all the way you did some research but it, it didn't sound like a research paper or something like no we
1: we didn't went through wikipedia and google (laughs) mentally unless you know we we, first we experienced that so we thought was a strong a strong topic because we 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 knew for real in first hand how it was deep and 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 and, uh complicated and then we did some research about it once we decided that was the right the the strongest thing that happened in our life was that in that, that moment you know
0: wow talk about talk about vibe you guys really worked the vibe <laughs> in a very particular way yep. man that's one of those things that that makes me go like oh damn that's a really good way to go about it that that sort of thing is why i do this podcast like i mean all of these answers are gold to me like i love hearing all of this stuff but that kind of very particular method of um sort of getting into the mindset and the feeling of what you're going for by doing that kind of I mean research makes it seem like it's this cold like thing but you're you're you are just trying to get in the mood to feel it getting the the backdrop for for the writing to put yourself in the right mindset and that's something that I haven't really tried and now I really want to <laughs> so I, I love I love hearing that remember you said oh there's nothing no, there's nothing really special about how we do it that's very special i mean i've heard of people doing that but the way that you yeah, it, describe yeah, it that's right. pretty
2: in that case it, it happens so we were into that uh, not because we want but then we, we try it and we realize that actually yeah i mean it's not a good thing it's not a happy thing actually yeah But yeah, yeah. but it, it helps to write stuff definitely
0: Yeah,
1: very often the the strongest thing that happens to you, even if they're not happy, they are the ones that gives you something to talk about because it makes you reflect. You know, when you're happy and you go out with your friend drinking beer, you have a great night and you don't even remember what you did. So it's not something that you're gonna you get you got stories to tell for sure, you know, but you're not gonna use it for a record maybe because it's nothing so deep to talk about, you know. So only the 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 really strong things that happen in your life are the ones, at least in our case, that motivates you to talk about it, you know, that to explore why. And uh for I can give you another example if you want like the Black Anima, the last album before Comalize. Um we we went through some people dying some dear people that left us, uh, obviously, because we're getting older and we experience more of this uh, compared to when you're younger, and you normally don't have to experience so as much. And so that gave us this connection with these people that is not with us anymore. Uh, people you know, our age, people older than us, and and so we decided that that could uh, that connection between us and these other departed person. It, it, it was something strong to talk about, you know. And from there we generated the black animal, which is black black soul, which we imagine this kind of out-of-body figure that come out wh- when you pass and then and then they stay around you even if you don't see them. And then I, I I took some books about the history of angels in in history. So because angels are not just from Christianity, but they, they there are figures just like angels that have been Uh, always in history, you know, even the Egyptian had these figures of -of out-of-body figures. Uh, So I analyzed all these books. There was scientifically uh, talking about the history of angels and what kind of these energies, these figures. Some people consider it as a religious point of view, a scientific point of view. So there's many ways to interpret this. And that was very interesting. So I... From there, we started the concept from Black anima that then turned into something bigger and more complicated. But that was the beginning of it. So, there's some when something strong, it makes you think. Happens, it's where there's gold for the songwriter. I think uh, to to generate something new.
0: Yeah, gathering material for the ideas and yeah, just the raw like uh, yeah, the sort of raw data to generate more and more concepts about the same idea that's cool um yeah damn i'm, I'm just sitting here like uh-huh uh-huh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> trying not to talk too much um so i guess then the uh, the question just becomes are you working on a a similar kind of concept for what's coming up next I, I know you maybe don't want to spoil too much but do you are you doing any of that same kind of research now for what's coming up next or, I mean, I know you literally just released an album like a week ago, and if, you might not be in <laughs> writing mode, but I'm, um, anything that you could talk about?
1: I mean, we before we, we worked on Comalize, uh, Marco already had some music ideas, but as he said before, we were a bit stuck with the creativity because of the pandemic. Uh, we didn't felt any inspiration to go and do a complete new album, so we... Kind of old, put on old everything that we had. You know, we had some material, uh, and we were we we're gonna take it and listen to it, and and we also started talking about some topics that could have been potentially used as a concept or, or sort of a concept. But we haven't reached that point yet where we say where we've seen something that was solid enough, you know, to 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 do that because we weren't we miss especially the touring the living on the road. And that's a big inspiration for us because when you are on the road, a lot of things happen. You meet a lot of people. You travel a lot. And that was missing for two years. So we kind of felt stuck. And so we're going to do this, I think, next year. We're going to start approach, take all this material and read it and say, okay, this is good. This is not good enough, uh, I think.
0: Cool. Well, I'm looking very much forward to to what that's going to be. And, uh, and maybe I'll get to hear a little bit at, at another point about how you wind up going about it so <laughs> this is this is me talking to you in the future of uh <laughs> of well, like hey lacuna coil in two years uh what did you wind up doing let's see I'm excited to, to hear what the what the concept was because as of this moment you don't know well I think that <clears throat> that's a pretty good point to wrap it up because now we've gotten to the present day we have reached now <laughs> so. What's coming up for you guys in the immediate future? You have some tours planned. You've got some, uh, any events or cool stuff that you want the people to know about?
1: We're going actually, Nick, this weekend, this upcoming weekend, we're going to a thing here in Italy called uh, Luca Comics, which is a huge comic convention that takes place in the city of Luca in Tuscany near Florence. And it's like a beautiful setting, a unique setting. It's like a medieval town. And all, most of the comics is inside the medieval walls. So all the surroundings are very cool and unique. Uh, it's a super huge thing, but it's very unique setting compared to the normal comic convention. So me, Marco, and Christina, we're going to be there. And maybe we'll find some more inspiration for, for next work as well. Uh, and we're going to do some, some promo. We're going to do some... Marco is painting some miniatures. Uh, Christina is doing the Twitch. I mean, we're doing a lot of Uh, cool nerdy nerdy stuff for the the weekend and uh, then we get the tours as you say we're gonna go to dubai for the dubai metal festival then from there we go to australia for the good things festival which is a traveling festival around australia with uh, bring me the horizon deftones no effects ginger sabaton like a lot of bands uh, then we got uh, what's it? Manila, I think, in the Manila, Philippines.
2: Jakarta. Uh,
1: Jakarta. Singapore, Singapore <sighs> and uh, Tokyo is the last show, and then yes. that's gonna be
0: November, December.
1: So we're gonna finish the year like that for the tours, and then we're gonna start the new year songwriting. I think
0: that's all. I mean, you guys are going all over the place are you actually going to drive to any of these shows or is it all flying in <laughs> it's, all, it's all flying <laughs> yeah. damn it's gonna like, be a lot of uh, airplanes <laughs> oh boy that's a sounds like a pretty exciting uh, couple of shows if nothing else so well i really appreciate you guys taking the time i know it is a bit late where you're at now so um thank you so much for all of this and of course everyone out there go check out comalize xx it is now out for on all the places that you can listen to music um if you are a fan of the original you should definitely spend some time with this for sure um because it's it's the same but different <laughs> I'm excited to hear what people who are who are hardcore fans um think about it because it I I yeah it was, un- it was unexpected and in a cool way. So this was great. I love doing these. I am so glad that we got to talk about this and um, that you are willing to hang out with with all of us here on the stream as well. So you guys have a great evening. Go and uh, get some sleep. Thanks for staying up. <laughs> um, You're welcome, Andy. And Thank you. Hopefully uh, Thank you, you guys will come to the States also pretty soon, and I'll get to see you play again.
2: Yep, yep. Absolutely. Okay so thank you very much for everything and see you
0: again all right dudes have a great night catch y'all later bye bye Bye. ciao ciao Ciao. Ciao. all right well that was great i always feel a little weird ending these because i'm always like i could go forever and ever but i don't want to (laughs) keep you know especially if they're in europe like it's like 10 something now i think so thank you all for hanging out and so sorry that the stream went down. That was a bummer. I don't know what happened, honestly. I'm I'm amazed that I was able to get it back up and running while keeping the interview going. <laughs> I was like, all right, so the stream went down, guys. Let's just keep going and pretend that it didn't. And I'm going to try and get it back up and running. I honestly don't know why it did that. It's Anyway, um, something beyond my control, unfortunately. I think it was my internet service provider. But we kept it rolling, and this was super fun. As always, thank you to DistroKid for sponsoring this and most of the episodes of the How Songs Are Made podcast. You can get 7% off your first year of DistroKid. If you make music and you're putting it out, you got to be using DistroKid. It's the best way to get your music onto the internet and you can get 7% off your first year at the link in the description. And if you want to see how the hyperfollow works... Um, I dropped the link for the new in virtue track scream in there as a hyper follow and you can see what it looks like to the world and I'll see y'all real soon. Bye.